Well, hello everyone. Joseph Esposito here for another episode of The Gantry. And today I am lucky enough to be joined by, I guess we can say we're friends, uh, an old friend. Old, old mate. Old. <laughs> an old friend, uh, Mr. Gabriel Clues, currently overseas, uh, living in uh, very ravaged Italy at the moment uh, during the lockdown. Gabriel, how are you going, mate? Not too bad, not too bad. Um, as well as can be, as well as can be. Thanks for having me. Hello, everyone. Um, yeah, good to be here. Uh, good to no. give me something to do in my day. <laughs> it's a pleasure. Yeah, it looks like it looks like uh, there's been a bit of FIFA being played. Uh, I can I can see the PlayStation in the background. So I'm assuming that's been getting smashed. You can see that. No FIFA. There's NBA 2K only on this. Ah, uh, yeah, I've got it as well. Hey, FIFA could learn a few. Hit me up when you're ready. Hit me up. <laughs> oh, mate, I only got it like a week ago. I won't, I won't test myself. Oh. I'm still playing on rookie level. Train but, up, train up, and you can come again. Yeah, all right. That sounds a sounds a plan. But uh, look, mate, we'll look. We'll, we'll jump into the show and um. Right. Now have a bit of a chat. So there's a few of us out there that um, you know know who you are now and where you're playing. Obviously, we saw you with the Oli Roos not too long ago. But man, I guess for the people who are only starting to know the the legend that is, um, no, a legend, <laughs> um, the legend of Banton. That's about yeah. it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And good haircut. Got nothing going. For don't talk about haircut. Somebody posted that photo on Instagram as well. Uh, what was I doing? What was uh, I doing? Everyone will see it again. But look, mate, yeah, so if you could just run us through, I guess, a bit of a brief outline as to, you know, how you've come to be in Italy. The, you know, I guess, yeah, a brief overview yeah. of your story so far. You know, every time someone asks me what's my story and how did I get here, I always don't know what to say. It's just such a complicated deep sort of like story i'll give you the brief brief yeah because i guess like you know we, we're, I, I won't ask you i won't ask you when you started under sevens and everything else but i guess from because oh. we'll, we'll, we'll probably start no, no, from, i'm proud to say my tony boy is here under sevens I'm proud to that <laughs> oh you just like your brother <laughs> glad to get away my friend stallion till we die me and judah there you go. Everything. <laughs> oh, they love that. Um, if they if they put the contract free feed at the buffet, I'm happy. <laughs> oh, mate, that's the dream. But yeah, mate. Well, I guess we'll go from from Marconi. Well, I guess we'll start off. You know, because you started at Marconi, then you jumped yeah. across to uh, uh, Wanderers. So where did it go from there? Yeah, I did the NYL replacement player Wanderers um, under Trevor Morgan when he was head coach there. Through the boys, I go back with like Nick Nick Sullivan. That's there. Keanu Back is still there. Um, even Cammy Devlin's at Wellington now. Shabao is at Mariners. The rule back then. That was, well, that's what, four years ago now? Four or five years ago, taking it back. Um, season after, the pre-season, a few training sessions with the first team with Popovich. Um, was going to go with them. I think they're going to go to the Gold Coast down the pre-season they normally do. But in that period, um, I had a chat with them. I was like, look, I'm going to go overseas to Korea and Europe with Italy. Um, thanks to my brother, Judah, as you know, back then big player, up and coming in the ranks in Italy's fourth division. Um, he knew some people, some people, so just joined on with them. They set up some trials. Um, yeah, and just from then, went off to Intella, signed youth team with them. I remember I was actually on the flight coming home and I didn't hear any news back from the trials and my friend in that time, was sort of like a player manager friend, he called me as look until I want to sign you, come back in a few weeks and we'll get it going. So just from there, yeah. Went. Yeah, right, okay. Went well, from there, basically. Um I know I've asked you this before because we've spoken before in the past, but um again, I mean what was the I guess overall, I mean you've been in the how so you've been in the Italian game for a couple of years now, so I assume yeah. you'd like to think that you've slowly I guess, you know, morphed into understanding the game because it's very a, a lot different I hope there. So. I hope so. <laughs> no, 
I've been wasting my time. <laughs> oh, that's really it's strife, mate. Please. If not, we use them here then. <laughs> uh, and you just said you can't fly out of Milan either, so you're in strife there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah. But mate, where what's the what's been? I guess over time now, the sort of the biggest transition from I guess the Australian game to I mean, we all know the Australian game is much more. Well, I guess physical in the same way. I wouldn't say much more because obviously yeah, the Australian yeah, game is yeah, rather yeah. physical. But um, is it the tactics side of things? Oh, definitely the tactics. I mean, everyone that knows Australian plays, but you look at Bresciano, you look at Grella, you look at all them. They know Australian plays are known to be just animals physically. So high work rate, aggressive, shut down the ball sort of thing. So when I went over, they already had that mentality of me. And I remember basically I was pointing to the director and he's like, look, you're like our special project. You're like a piece of clay at the moment. And we are like, you, you know, nothing like, like you, I'm saying it to you very friendly, but the way he was saying it was not friendly <laughs> at all. It's like, it was basically like, if you don't apply yourself, you're, you're done, get off. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Over. yeah, yeah. Because right now, you know, nothing, like apply yourself in the sessions, pick up the tactics and we'll see what happens. Um, so it was a bit of a, a slap in the face because you go from training like so much even like Leo Cards, you know, the academy we did, extra sessions and Marconi then the Wanderers and I remember even doing King Park, Westwood sort of thing. Um to go to then overseas and then them basically telling you, look, you don't know much. You gotta what have you been doing for the last eighteen years? There's not what you're up to standards tactically and positioning wise, even technical is a bit unorthodox as a player. Um so you're essentially yeah, you're, back to, you're back to day dot again. It's essentially like starting yeah, over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, in that terms, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, look, you yeah. had like obviously been. It's been a, a good run there. Now, obviously, you had some highlights being out of place. Study Olimpico. Um, yeah, yeah. Italia final. Twice, twice there. Twice yeah. there. There you go. Yeah, there we go. Twice. Yeah, yeah. Once wasn't yeah. enough. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, look, there, there has been some highlights. Obviously, the promotion back to uh, yeah, B and uh, things yeah. involved there. So, but I guess you know, one of the I guess I'm going to assume one of the highlights um, of your career so far has obviously been the qualification process recently with uh, the Ollie Roos. So, oh, of course, of course. So, yeah. how did so we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. And um, so, where right. you know, where did it all start? There, you know, when was the first call up? What was that like? You know, what was the what was the whole whole process of getting geared to you know obviously getting us back to the Olympics, which has been a, a pretty uh, you know turbulent issue for the Oli Roos for some time now. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it's been twelve years, I think. Now. Yeah, twelve years. Yeah. So, what yeah. was it like stepping into that? Um, obviously, first of all, it was a proud moment representing a national team wearing those colours every time, even if it's a friendly match. I remember in China, Qatar was. Really a proud moment, just stepping out. I remember coming out of those camps and my confidence was just peaking, going into like back into club football just because of that. You just get that adrenaline and everything. Um, started from it was at first, in the sense, the first camp I went to when I did come back into the net, I mean, to my club level because I went back with men's football. I think I got a bit not, I wouldn't say cocky because I don't tend to my personality not tend to go that stage, but I did get a bit lacked in certain sense like I wasn't staying back doing extra training sort of thing and and that only lasted for about a week and then two weeks and I realized I did a few shit, shit sessions and stuff and I'm like shit when I pick it up again you know what I mean mm-hmm. um well it started with them being in contact with me I think it was when I was in Intella last year in the season of the promotion season there was a possibility that I was going to join a camp um unfortunately it fell through just because game time game minutes which is understandable wasn't playing much in that period um then I went attended two camps in this 
was this season that happened early stage of the season. Um, then yeah, joined the the Asia Cup team in January and then yeah, went okay. from there. So that, I guess the you said the first camp that you went to. I remember I remember we chatted briefly back then, and because I was fascinated at the the journey literally that you'd had to go to get to where where it was in China. Yeah. Um, yeah. Essentially, what what we what us what we Australians would say, you know, in the sticks, middle of nowhere, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. Um, China is a I guess something I wanted to touch on. You know, you 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 spend a bit of time now, obviously, with the Oliveros playing within Asia um, at these competitions, at these camps. Um, and obviously, mm-hmm. China's. I mean, from the outside looking in, it looks like they're trying really hard to to break into world football. Because I mean, you know, with their population, you'd think that they'd be, yeah, you know, like a massively dominating, you know, uh, football powerhouse. Um, but you know, I, I guess even playing there, living in it a little bit, you know, obviously only two weeks, you know, at a time and stuff like that. Um, yeah. The Asian game itself, how tough is it? How demanding is it to play against these teams in the, in the weather as well? Look at that. Uh, there was a few factors that made it really hard that Asia Cup. One factor was the weather. A lot of the boys from Europe coming off that winter uh, during our season, we're not used to going from one day, you know, you got low tens, you got, you know what I mean, five, four degrees and playing in that weather and going to high humidity, high, high temperature, especially in Thailand is known for that. Um, that really, really, a lot of the boys struggled with that, especially we got, I think a few of us, I got sick as well, I had a bit of a diarrhea, a bit of stomach problems and stuff during that, just dehydration in general. Um, another factor is also a lot of the boys haven't played together, um, going into this tournament and even Graham Arnold, cause he was with the Socceroos in the previous camp. So we didn't actually have him as our head coach. We did see him briefly. He came and joined our camp in the China camp for the last few days, but he didn't have any like role play in the actual passing down structure yeah, right, sort of okay. thing until the actual camp. So that I take uh, my hat off to them, to Renee, Arnold, Bidmar, all the staff, everyone, for getting us all in the same boat, same train sort of thing. The mindset, passing on the star they want to play where we're doing things, how we react defensively, attackingly. It's not easy to do that three days before a tournament and go into it and expect results. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, uh, um, it's tough. And I guess, well, the, the tournament itself, so it was the back end, it was mid-October last year. Um, mm. And I know that uh, when I was, I was still living in Melbourne at the time, and I know I had a few neighbours that aren't happy with me. Uh, after watching those games at the at stupid o'clock and uh, celebrating like no tomorrow, um, but mate the the tournament itself. I mean, I touched on it before, but there was I guess there was a few in terms of the pressure. I want to ask you about the pressure because um, I guess the pressure mm-hmm. of playing for your national team. I feel like that's a pressure that yep. would come with playing for any football nation in the world. Uh, the pressure of obviously not quali- You know, we hadn't qualified for the Olympics for quite some time, and. Yep. You know, I don't. We we won't touch on him too much because you know it's you know obviously about you. But there were obviously, you know, from the outside looking in, there was a lot of pressure on Graham Arnold as well because a lot of people said mm-hmm. that he shouldn't that that it was too that it's too hard to coach another twenty three side or a youth team and the national team as well. Like it's hard to yep. Yep. you know concentrate and stuff. So all that as, as a whole, and I mean, you know, a lot of the Australian football public were, I guess, I mean, you know, yep. willing you boys on. Um, did you, did you feel that pressure? Was it spoken about? Oh, 100%. 100% we felt that pressure, especially in the camp. Um, we, do, we tend to avoid the media reading the stuff that was coming out during the days, especially when we had some results that didn't go in our favour. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Australian 
media or the people pulling world underplays a lot of these Asian nations. We, we don't give enough credit to where it is. Um, and we're expected to go out and win four, three nils yep. games when, it, when it's just not going to happen. Because when you hit a certain level, especially playing national team, everyone has a certain standard of football. It's not like these guys are Gumbies that are coming out and you can just mm. play around them. Yeah. Especially if they play a defensive mindset, which a lot of these Asian countries do when they put everyone behind the ball and they have a few rapid plays up front or big boys or whatever that just do individual work. It does do damage and it does hurt, especially when we commit forward trying to attack and thing late in the game, looking a bit more mm. desperate and everything. Um, it's not easy. And the media does sometimes jump on us with that. I remember in the camp, we did feel it. Um, but the boys did come out. We did come out on top of it at the end, yeah. which was good. How did you? Easy. How did you? Um, how yeah? How did you? Because you just sat down. You know, it wasn't easy, was there? Um, yeah. You know, was it? What was it like? You know, how how did your boys start to? You know, I guess overcome that in a way. Because I mean, you just touched on it before earlier when you were saying when you were back at Marconi and it's right at um at Western Sydney. You know, there was there's a lot of boys. You know, a lot of your boys have been playing together. You've played against each other mm-hmm. at MPL level. You know, since you were yeah, yeah. ten years old, sort of thing. So it's not like you. Yeah. Strangers in a sense, is it? No, no. Is it, is it that? Yeah, that's is it that, yeah, that that culture. Yeah, yeah. So we, it was one thing that really helped. Everyone gelled together, like off the field. Everyone was just good mates. It wasn't any like groups that were just like, oh, we don't want to hang with these guys. We don't want to talk. Everyone was together. I think that helped a lot because we kind of take our took our mind off it a lot just mm-hmm. by mucking around. We're just talking about random stuff, doing game nights or whatever. Yeah. Even. A lot of us have the past, like Keanu and stuff. We played Marconi together when we were 13, 14, back then. Even all these boys, uh, known like Reno's and been in Italy. I've known of him, he's known of me, sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Which helped a lot with the pressure. Just knowing each other on a, on a good friendship level kept it, kept it, kept the thing a bit more easier to deal yeah, with. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, I think a lot of Australian people collectively almost put their heads through uh, the roof when... Uh, uh, Reno scored that free kick. That's probably the best free kick oh, I've seen someone in an Australian in an Australian kick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he did one as well in China. He did a good one as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah very, so yeah, he's uh, very. T- I mean, he's a talented player. I mean, he had a, I guess, a breakthrough season um, with Wellington. Yeah. Um, yeah. But mate, that um, we'll talk about qualifying. What was what goes through your head? What have you have you had? I mean, obviously you've had a lot of time to your thoughts now. But has have you really processed the fact that you know if you know, God willing and everything goes and you stay injury free and, you know, you keep yeah. playing and stuff that, you know, you, you will take, you'll be able to take to your grave. We hope a very long time from now that, you know, you were an Olympian and, you know, you'll be able to walk into that, yeah. that, that Olympic stadium and, you know, forever know, yeah. you know as, yourself as an Olympian. One thing, one thing that goes to my mind, I'll have bragging rights over Judah for a long time. I have that over him. Um, look, I don't know. It, it still probably hasn't sunk in the gravity of what we did as a country. Uh-huh. Um, I think when I'm there in that actual moment, I think, wow, look, when I'm there, I'm probably going to look at an NBA or when America play basketball or something, I'm like, shit, I'm at the Olympics sort of thing. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't tend to like to count my chickens before they hatch, and that, that makes uh-huh. sense. So I've got to keep a bit more level-headed and see, all right, I've got to work now to get there, make sure I'm part of the squad, make sure I'm ready, make sure I prove to this grandma and to others whoever the coach is mm. that to select me for the team sort of thing that's i think that's my headset is at the moment yeah that's cool because i feel like it'll be really it'll be really tough to because you know i mean once once you boys qualified you know i was already looking me and my mates were looking at some of the teams that are going to be involved and of course you're allowed to have i think it's three overage players so yeah, yeah. i mean 
you draw yourself against, you know, you, you start, your head starts to go and you start thinking about your yeah, Argentinas, your Brazils, your France, your England, everything else. And like, you know, there's, there's yeah, a very realistic chance you could be playing up against, you know, some like once in a generation mate, players sort of thing. And if I get to Egypt and I get Salah, Straight to him. Yeah, we'll see. In the warm up, I'll run up to him and say, "Yo, give me a Yeah, we'll see. That's obviously been spoken about. Yeah, because he's been. It's been mentioned with everything going on as well. Because that's with you know, you know, someone like Klopp would let him go and everything else. But yeah, I can imagine it'd be really hard to, as you said, you know, your focus is to keep playing everything else. So I can imagine it's pretty hard to, because I mean, you know, you're a professional football player, and you know, you always want to keep playing at the highest levels and playing at a competition. I think that was, I think that was one of the, the big things about you boys qualifying for the Olympics was being able to showcase yourself. It's like, we know that we had the good yeah, players, but yeah. it's not getting the opportunities to get there. So obviously the sky's yeah. the limit there. So, um, yeah, but look, mate, we'll slide on. And I guess we'll talk about everything that's going on now, uh, just to finish up. Um, yeah. So big topic, big topic. Massive topic. I mean, podcast. <laughs> two, part two. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll talk about you doing sprints down the hallway as your training session. But, uh, <laughs> but mate, yeah. So, like, so everything that's that's gone on. Obviously, Italy's been one of the you know the most effective countries in the world. Um, mm-hmm. Talk me through, I guess, the days you know leading up to everything. Was it a you know from the outside looking in? Did it feel like it just literally came up out of nowhere? Was it slowly creeping? What what happened with you know your football club? Yeah. What was the movement that was made? Um, I remember when, all right, first of all, footballers tend to live in a bubble. We tend to think outside world problems, external problems don't affect us. Mm-hmm. We tend, we always have this mindset, yeah, there was a riot going on, the political issues, but like our job will always be there. We're always going to go to training, we're always going to have our games, we're always going to play. I think this was a big wake up call in that term that we realized how, how bad it is really. Um, I remember we had a game on Saturday and we were supposed to play on Wednesday and again on the next Saturday. And then the Wednesday game got cancelled because we're playing up north near Milan. So like, all right, it's better we just cancel that. So we play on Saturday. Then the Saturday game got cancelled and the week after got cancelled. So we were just training for about two weeks before then even the government stepped in and says no training, not, nothing at all. Everyone has to stay home. And that mindset, you're, you're kind of cheering because you always kind of think of this, I need a holiday, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just want to have a break. I didn't have much in January. It's like, all right, a week or two weeks, I'll be all right with it. You know what I mean? Do my stuff at home. And, but then it just kept going. They kept pushing the isolation. And then the media came out and realized how actual bad it was, the, the gravity of all. Mm-hmm. Especially for my team, because my team's in Alessandria. So we're about one hour away from Milan an hour and a bit, two hours yeah. away from Brescia, which is the epicenter of it all in that region, mm-hmm. the Lombard region. Yeah. Um, so it does make sense what they did. I agree with it, that they, they had to step in and, and, and basically shut down everything because at the end of the day, lives matter more than us kicking a ball around. Of course, of course. And well, I guess, well, mate, what's, so talk me through what's a, uh, what's a right now, you know, with, you know, trying to, I guess, trying to stay fit in some degree. Um, you're yeah, trying to touch a ball, some it's degree, sort a of bit thing. of a stretch. That's a stretch fit. That's yeah, a stretch. yeah. I, I, I'm, oh. I could only imagine. So, what's what's a day in the life? What's a day in the life roughly been? How much are you getting outside? What's how? What are you allowed to do? Um, yeah. Theoretically, we're allowed to go in 200 meters in the vicinity of our house. Um, luckily, I have a little bit of a walk path or a little concrete path outside, and the club has given us papers that because it's our work sort of thing we're allowed to go for a run um very brief though 20 30 minutes and that's it and you have to get back inside sort of thing so luckily we do have that but it's basically just up and down running your mind you 
you rather not, but yeah. you have to do it, but you rather not sort of thing. Um, I tend to do a lot of rehab, prehab, just split it up in two sessions, something in the morning, something in the afternoon, just to keep my mind sane, really. Mm-hmm. Um, get the blood going. Um, yeah, work on ankles, hamstrings, sort of things, inside exercises, upper body stuff, yeah. you know, body workouts. Yeah, wow. I mean, it would much be it would be much easier if you're steady up and you have your own indoor gym, or anything. But unfortunately, the pay on the steady T is not is not as good as that steady up pay. You know what I mean? So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm gonna stick with my my yoga mat, my tennis ball, and that's about it. That's all right, and the water bottle in the back corner there. Um, oh yeah, yeah but, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> mate, so yeah, how's it? Um, I mean, you know, how is it mentally? How have you managed to get by mentally? Because I mean, you know, you're today what day 45 now, day 46. Uh, yeah, there you go. Um, I think I saw day forty-six, day Um, how tough has it been mentally? Um, you can I just say this: you can easily fall in a hole, sort of thing. If you don't keep yourself mentally sane, if you keep the same routine, you can just go into a dark place. Um, mm. luckily, I've got a lot of things to do in my place. I can call a lot of people. I've got a lot of support networks out there. Mm-hmm. Um, the boys good banter on the group chat keeps me going yeah. um are you by yourself there also yeah 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 oh i did originally have um some players that are living above me so we would hang out they'll come down to my apartment i'll go up to theirs but they also they returned back home the other week right. got the green light to go because they're all close by i think i'm the last person to get the green light to go home <laughs> yeah. australia yeah mate you'll be on a fight thanks for living on a yeah, living on the other side of the world yeah right okay yeah. well so i guess you know there has been mentioned uh, you know, we're chatting just off here. You know, they mentioned that May, I think you said May fourth. They're they're slowly gonna mm-hmm. um, bring things back. Has there been is there has there been any word as to you know when you might be able to get back into training or you know be allowed to? Is there what's the what do you know of the guidelines around this this lockdown being? I'd say, I guess slowly brought back. Like, will you be able to go for longer runs, kick a ball outside? Um, yeah, have you been or is it still um, pretty much in the dark? No, it's still pretty much in the dark. The thing is, May fourth is the supposed to be the lockdown restrictions on the less for the whole country itself mm-hmm. so there's nothing actually specific for sport in, in general okay. um i know they're having a lot of sentencing in the coming weeks to decide what to do with the season at this point nothing official come out but it'll be most likely that probably the third division second second divisions will be cancelled just because of money problems with teams yep that if we do go above like beyond contracts of june the 30th them to pay that out some teams don't have it or even just to restart with the preseason after you set up get the players back in teams just don't have the money yeah, really going around to do that yeah so that's why city art can probably get away with it just because the, the financial strength that they have that yeah. they can kind of keep up with it um even just a nightmare just to get back in fitness wise because everyone during a summer you're always in your off season you always do something you're always active but in this moment, the last month and a half, you've just been really like, just lost a lot, if that mm. makes sense, lost a lot. Yeah. So it's sure. not going to be like a two-week two preseason will be an ask, really. Yeah. And then to play back-to-back games to recover, because you have to play, what, I don't know, 11 games in two months, a month and a bit. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah, no, well, it's very tough, mate. Well, look, mate, thanks very much for coming on today and I guess uh, giving us an insight to that and just chatting uh, football as a whole. I mean, I guess it has been a pretty, a relatively good uh, couple of, I guess, a relatively good, you know, six months of football for you prior to this um, in the lead up, obviously, with the Socceroos, and every, with the Ollie Roos and everything else. Hopefully, I'll be, uh, I'd say, Socceroos uh, sooner rather than later. 
Um, oh, but, squad's winning, squad's winning. Exactly. But, mate, that's uh, Gabriel Kluwer over in uh, Italy at the moment. Uh, and Thank you. Uh, thanks, 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 man, for having me again. No, it mate, it, it's a pleasure. It's uh, good to see that you're, uh, you're alive and kicking, and uh, hopefully we'll see you back out there sooner rather than later. So thanks very much, mate, and uh, all the best.